Welcome to Finding My Yum, a sex-positive podcast celebrating all forms of sexual expression. Each week, we bring on a new guest to share their journey. We talk honestly and openly about what they're into and what sex, kinks, love, and more look like in the real world. I'm Jerry Courtney Austin. And I'm Will Lentz. And we are your hosts. And today we are thrilled to have Usha Rose here to talk all about uh, her business as a relationship and sex coach. She also uh, is an embodiment coach with Rebecca Tolk, who we had on last week, uh, who does the embodiment portraits. And so it's awesome to hear her experience working with that and kind of get a, another lens into what that portrait experience is like. Um, but before we get to that, we really wanted to have a conversation about language. Uh, There's a lot of stuff coming out this week in terms of terminology, um, particularly women with an X. And so, yeah, we just wanted to have a conversation about it um, because language is ever evolving and and we are always trying to also evolve and um, be aware of, uh, of, of how we can be the most inclusive. Yeah, uh, I saw um, the women with an X conversation going on, but did not dig into it. So I'm pretty fresh to it. And I'm curious to know sort of what's going on with that. I, I, I don't, I don't fully know. So why don't you lay it on me? Yeah, so um, I'm going to just start by saying that I am certainly not an expert on this, and I've had several conversations, but I am also learning at the same time. And so uh, I got a lot of my information from Blair Imani and Lex Chandra, who are the ones who posted um, the main resource that I saw. Blair Imani is amazing. Uh, So if you're interested in more, she does like these – smarter in seconds little bits about a bunch of different topics and uh she's muslim bisexual and just like a bona fide amazing human being and so um yeah so the women conversation is that there was this this trend of using women with an x as a like an all-inclusive term of uh like trans folks of non-binary folks of you know women female folks and the idea is that it really is not inclusive because by virtue of using the x in a gendered word that was already a gendered word you're excluding people who um are female who are trans and female so like like trans women are women and women are women. Um, and so then there is another part of that that's like identifying someone who hasn't, you know, identified themselves as female identifying as well. Uh, so so putting, putting that on them and excluding them from this category instead of just saying that the, the term women is broad enough to incorporate um, outside of the binary that, that we've come to know. And, and the other part of this is that I, I think a lot of people had glommed on to, you know, putting the X in so that it's, it doesn't have the word men it's not a modifier of men but with you know women with an x doesn't mean non-men and so the biggest takeaway that i got from it was and continues to be as i as i go through this journey is that 
it's important to be very specific. Um, so it's you can't just be like there's just not a term that's all inclusive, right? Like it is important to be specific with who you are talking about, who you are aiming to include. Um, and, and so if it is trans folks and it is uh, non-binary folks and it is women, then say that, right? Like um, if it is menstrual having people, then say that. Like if if that you know talk about your audience and and who you're talking to very specifically so that we can get very clear instead of doing performative inclusivity and action yeah that makes sense to me um thank you for explaining it because like i said it was new to me um yeah i think ultimately what i try to think about with this kind of stuff is like um i'm still trying to learn too right so like i and but i do like that people are trying you know maybe you know maybe women with an x wasn't the uh correct attempt um but i think as long as people are like oh well maybe this is going to be better for some people let's try it out oh well now we've kind of done some thinking about it and realize that actually it's wrong in these types of areas like you just detailed um so maybe you know maybe the specificity that you mentioned is the right way to go um i think I think it's important that we're having these types of conversations and trying to find something that works for everyone as a way forward um, that can be inclusive uh, in, you know, whatever ways that we need to be inclusive. Um, I think that that's uh, that's good. I'm glad that we're doing that. We're having these conversations because I would not have thought about any of that um, until that conversation was going on. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Specificity does seem to be the right way to go. Um, And if down the line and find out that maybe that's not, then uh, I'll listen to that, too. Uh, so that seems to be, uh, it's important to have these conversations as well. Yeah, I think, I think the idea of specificity is, is something that's going to last and has always been there. And we just like, especially those of us with privilege, I know I like to just glom onto something that's like, oh, you know, uh, I've, I've done my due diligence now and I've been inclusive instead of being really thoughtful and understanding my privilege that I can choose the language that I use to be intentional with it. Uh, and, and and be inclusive in the specific way that I, I'm looking for. It's harder. It takes more time, right? right? Um, but for those of us that that do have, you know, privilege of being personally like, you know, a, a cis hetero presenting white woman, um, I I have the 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 privilege and 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 of of being able to choose my language, of of not, you know, having to navigate it in in the way that other marginalized folks do so um yeah it's a really important conversation and i think the important thing is to stay humble and to continue to listen and to learn because like we're gonna mess up and 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 so it's about how do we how do we deal with the feedback and then and then course correct um yeah. So uh, awesome, and we'll and we'll keep updating as these these things come up because they're they're always a topic of conversation. And if you if um, you all have any feedback um, or or other language that you would like us to address or that we're using um, that that feels problematic, please always reach out. I'm yeah. always open. Uh, so with with that being said, we're super excited to bring you the episode with Usha Rose. She is amazing. We had such a great time talking, and I know you're going to enjoy it. Yay! 
Yay! Welcome to Finding My Yum. I'm so excited. Today we have Usha Rose here. She is a sexual empowerment coach, erotic embodiment guide, and relationship coach specializing in non-traditional relationship styles. She's passionate about supporting people to live more sexually confident and sensually embodied lives and to live more connected to their authentic desires and pleasure so that they can powerfully create the nourishing and satisfying relationships and life possible. Um, Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. Really nice to be here. Yeah. Um, that there's so many amazing words. I think my brain was like, blah, there's so much to say. Um, yeah, so we got connected through uh, Rebecca Tolk, who is a photographer who does these amazing um, virtual shoots. And you're an embodiment coach with her, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so how mm-hmm. did you guys get connected and, and what does it mean to be an embodiment coach for, for that process? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I believe we got connected through an online like Tantra retreat or something that we were both in attendance at. And she kind of saw my, she saw something I posted about the work that I do. And so she reached out to me because uh, she's offering these really lovely remote portrait sessions. And part of what she does is include a embodiment practice in the beginning of her photography sessions to help her, her clients get really more connected to their sensuality and eroticism or whatever it is they're wanting to uh, embody for their photography session. So yeah, she reached out to me to see if I was interested in, um, kind of being one of the embodiment coaches that she offers her her clients to work with. Um, so that's how I met her. And then that's how I met you. And here we are. (laughs) And, and, and I want to get into what the work that you do specifically and also your journey, but I am curious, like in these embodiment sessions before these portraits, like what, what does that look like? And what are you, what are you creating and what space are you kind of cultivating to go into these, these photo shoots? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, being photographed can be a little bit awkward or you might feel self-conscious. So the, the embodiment practice that happens before the way of you getting really intentional about what is it that I'm wanting to express and portray. So in the embodiment sessions that happens before the photography session, it's an opportunity for you to get really connected to what is the quality, what is the energy that I'm wanting to express and portray in these images. And then I guide you through some different somatic practices um, to really connect into your body, to move your body and to really embody what those qualities are so that you feel more confident, more playful. It's kind of like the foreplay, you know, like warming yourself up to then being photographed. Um, and we also kind of clear the way to like whatever shyness or insecurities or resistance might be that might show up. We kind of like help kind of clear that out and give you something to really anchor into so that you can kind of keep tapping back into that energy of embodiment and like, I am this and just like feeling really good in your body in whatever ways you're wanting to express. Amazing. Do you stay throughout the photo shoot or is it just like the preliminary part? It's just the preliminary part. Cool. Yeah. That, yeah. That's so awesome. I think that's such a fun way to, 
I just like I feel like we could use that all the time like everybody could just use 20 minutes a day to get into their body and like how much how much more connected and kinder and nicer would we be just as like human beings yeah for sure yeah um well amazing and so I'd love to hear about like your journey into the work that you're doing um you know you you have a lot of uh, of different accolades behind your name but specifically into the sensuality and sexuality aspect of it um and kind of where this started for you as becoming something that you're interested in like as a career and just for yourself mm-hmm. yeah wow um where to start I mean there are so many kind of different facets. Um, I would say one is just really like the body-based practice and the other would be relationship stuff and the other would be sexuality. So I guess like, you know, if we were to break it down into three aspects, um, it would be those three. So, um, and of course they're all related. So I guess I would start with um, the body, you know, I'm a very somatic being. Um, I, I used to do sports when I was younger and then I got really passionate about yoga and meditation and the kind of spirituality. And then I got really into dance. So, uh, dance and yoga has been my primary movement practice. That's been really important to me. Um, And it's been a way for me to really feel at home in my body and connected to my sensuality. And that, you know, that goes along with the meditation and the spirituality. It's, uh, you know, being able to be present in my body and focus on sensation and what I'm feeling uh, really is an important practice for all people who want to expand their sensuality. Um, And then like having a movement practice like dance, it's such a a way of feeling at home in your body and feeling safe in your body and feeling free to express yourself and to take up space and like move emotion and move energy. So I think that is really important. And then that all kind of ties into our sexuality. You know, one of the things that I teach is, you know, to become more sexually confident, you need to like feel comfortable and at home in your body and and free to express yourself and not have all these inhibitions. So movement and dance uh, is one of the kind of self practices you can do to really fortify that, that energy and that ability to express yourself and express yourself through your body and feel comfortable in your body and feel connected to your body. Um, I, I can elaborate a lot more on all of these things, but just to touch on all of them briefly, um, you know, I, I've always been really fascinated by sexuality and relationships. So it's something I've always been interested in and communication styles. Um, so I'd say when I got into it as a career, working with people on relationships specifically and around their sexuality, um, I was in a long-term partnership uh, for seven years. And so we started taking uh, workshops together on Tantra and sexuality and relationship and communication skills. And that's when I like really recognized like, oh, I fucking love this stuff. <laughs> you know, this is fascinating to me. I've always been interested in communications. I studied it in college, um, but specifically learning in relationship, like conflict resolution and understanding 
how energy moves in relationship, masculine, feminine energies. The, I got really interested in Tantra, which I'd been studying for years through yoga and Kundalini meditation and just seeing how it all came together. And, you know, my, that partner and I had a really strong spiritual practice as well. We used to do meditation retreats and, um, you know, so that was also very much a part of our life and our connection. Um, and so I was just fascinated with how do we bridge these things? Like I, you know, I'm like, I love sex and um, I love having a good time. And, you know, there was a period in my life when I was studying yoga, I studied to be a yoga teacher and I was meditating. Um, but I was also kind of a wild, you know, partier. And um, I was like, how do I reconcile these two things? You know, like to be kind of a wild partying dancing staying up late like at that time in my life i went you know i went to bars and things like this but i was also really spiritual and like dedicated to my yoga practice and like eating healthy you know and they they felt like they were in contrast i'm like how can i be both of these things you know and i grappled with it for a while this was you know in my early to mid 20s um and you know a huge piece to like feeling whole uh, is really accepting all parts of yourself and making peace with that. And, you know, it was a little journey for me to kind of make peace with, you know, like I love to party and I love to stay up late and I love to socialize and I love to dance. And I also love silent meditation and sacred space. And like, it doesn't have to be either, or I can, I can love all of those things and bring the sacred into everything and still have a good time. And <laughs> find the balance that works for me I love that I think we operate in such a binary and every facet within this country specifically but I I would say the globe at large and and yeah I love that realization because I feel like that's a part of hopefully growing older too but to break out of that binary of like we just can't pigeonhole ourselves into one tiny box like it just doesn't work we're such complicated human beings like you know earthly things in this like meat suit with like you know like energy flowing and so it's like how could you possibly just be like oh yeah I'm just the spiritual yoga person like what does that even mean necessarily too like if you're if you're only doing that thing as well and you don't have a full well-rounded scope of of living life like that's also not as as helpful to support these other explorations so yeah i love that <laughs> yeah. um yeah and so i'm curious i want to get into the sexuality piece and and maybe this will lead into that as well but you said you were really interested in communication styles and um like sexuality when you were younger and so where did you grow up and and what was the predominant messaging around that as you were growing up yeah <laughs> uh so my parents used to fight all the time and there was a lot of passive aggressive energy and they're you know it felt pretty unhealthy and quite toxic to be honest um, my father was verbally abusive my mother was very passive um and they were also Catholic. I mean, they weren't particularly religious, but you know, it's like you, they had strong family values. So it's like, we got married, we're committed to life, even if we are miserable and fighting all the time. So, you know, that was sort of the message that I got. And I was like, whoa, this is kind of fucked up. Like, I don't think I ever want to get married if this is what it's like. 
Um, and so I didn't have very good role modeling of healthy communication um, from my parents. And it wasn't until I was 25, I would say, um, where I, I had a, a friend who became a lover for a short time. And I remember him talking to me really honestly and transparently about our relationship and how he felt about it. And it was just like a huge revelation for me. I was in massage school at the time and like in a very conscious community. And that's when things started changing. Like I was in massage school. It was a very, um, a really beautiful program, very aware of energy and intention. And so that's when a lot of things started shifting where I started to learn like, oh, I can be more honest and more transparent about what I'm experiencing and communicate that with my partners and my lovers. Um, and that's when things started to shift. And then, um, yeah, so I guess growing up not really having strong, clear role models and then starting to get involved in conscious community and seeing that there is another way of communicating and just being like, wow, this is amazing. And then really starting down that path of more conscious communication, more conscious relationships. Um, yeah. And then just studying it. I mean, at that time I was really into yoga and massage. I was doing a lot of holistic um, healing work with myself and with my clients. And then it was probably about five years later that I started studying more intentionally about relationships and uh, specifically learning about communication styles. Cause you know, then I was also in a long-term partnership and it's like, okay, how do we, how do we nurture a passionate sex life when we're together for a long time? How do we learn to communicate and have more healthy communication and keep the sparks alive when you're in long-term partnership and those kinds of things. So that's when I like really started becoming more of something I was studying and eventually transitioned my career into that um, path. Amazing. And so then this sexuality piece, um, yeah, where did, where does that come in? And also does that have a, a, a line from the Catholicism? Because, you know, in, in my head, the view of Catholicism is, is pretty strict about you know, you get married, you wait until you're married, and then I, I, we just don't talk about what happens behind <laughs> closed doors, right? Um, yeah. And so I don't know if that was your experience, but I'd love to hear about it. Uh, you know, my parents were Catholic. They were raised that way, and we went to church on Sunday, but they weren't very religious. And by that, I mean, like, it was an isolated event. We went to church on Sundays. Okay. Um, so, like, we didn't really talk about religion at all in the house. So I didn't have a really strict um, upbringing around the religion. I mean, of course, there is a lot of guilt around it. And I definitely got the message that, you know, masturbation is something you do in private. Um, and my mom was pretty she's pretty modest. So she wasn't comfortable talking about any of those kinds of things with me. Um, so, you know, I learned some, I had two older sisters that kind of like get a little bit okay. of information from them and magazines and my friends, you know? Um, so I didn't have too much really intense conditioning around sex being bad or immoral necessarily. I mean, yeah, I had a lot of confusing messages from the media that are pretty sure. like, like gender-based stereotype things that I've had to work out and that I 
teach a lot with my students and in my programs around mm. how to like, how do we rewrite our story and decondition ourselves from all of the messaging that we received growing up from the medical, from the media, from porn, from TV, from religion, from culture, from community. Um, and yeah, it's, it's important to look at what those stories are and like, how is it impacting you? And what do you want to keep? And what do you want to change? And really take our power back to like, what do I believe is true? And who am I? And what do I believe in? And how do I want to live my life? And really rewrite that for ourselves. I think it's super important and something that I've worked on in myself and, and really t teach a lot about that. Yeah, I'm curious because um, I think that that's incredibly important work and a huge facet of, of even grounding in the body and getting into that sensuality. And so for you, are there any pieces of that um, deconstruction that really stand out that affected you that you also see in your clients? For me personally, the biggest one was feeling confused around being a sexual woman and receiving the message that, you know, men, it's okay for men to be sexual and it actually is encouraged for them to like sleep around and, and be the ones who initiate sex and, um, you know, and lead with their sexuality, but women have to be more modest and they have to be the gatekeepers and we're not supposed to want sex. Or if you want sex, you're slutty. And, um, yeah. and, and, and also these messages of like, it's our responsibility to um, like not encourage men. And, and, you know, obviously I'm speaking heterosexually, but this is like the culture and the messaging that I was really exposed to that was just confusing for me because I was sexual and I, you know, I was like, oh, this like orgasming feels good and I want to experience pleasure. <laughs> And it was confusing to think like, oh, I'm not supposed to want this or um, like I need to hide it or there's something to be ashamed of about exploring my body and touching myself and experiencing pleasure. And, and it's definitely not okay to talk about it. You know, and those things were really confusing for me and something that I still like, even after doing all of this work around it, still in the back of my mind, sometimes there is this shadow of like, hmm. it's not okay for you to be sexual or to want sex or to like have multiple lovers or things like this. And to me, it's really about like reclaiming my hmm. sexuality. Like it's healthy for me, for my expression to want sex and to enjoy sex and to, sure. you know, yeah. um, and it's different for everyone. And I, I see that a lot in my clients as well. Um, one of the things I'd say I see the most in my clients, um, that is also really true for me, which is a huge part of being a woman is, and especially in my family and upbringing too, was very patriarchal. Like, you know, my father like dictated everything and we all kind of served him. I had three sisters and my mother. And it was like, we all kind of catered to him and tried to keep him happy, you know? And so I grew up and my mother was like this. And so many women that I know and work with, you know, were conditioned to be people pleasers and to put other people first and to be accommodating and, and to like not take up space or be in the way. Um, and that's been a huge story for me of just like trying to be quiet and to hide a little bit. 
um, and to be like, oh, it's, it's safe to have desires and to want something and to be able to express that I want something and to ask for the thing that I want. Like, I'd say that's the, one of the hugest pieces that shows up um, that I've done a lot of work with, that I work with my clients around a lot, especially sexually, is like knowing what it is I want, having like my own ownership of my sexuality, having my own relationship with my sexuality, knowing how to please myself. And then how do I like bring that into lovership and communicate in a way that feels good for, for both people, like what I'm wanting or what would feel good or, you know, how could we make this better? Um, so yeah, expressing what we want, knowing what we want, um, asking for what we want are pretty huge themes. Yeah, um, I can resonate with absolutely every single one of those. <laughs> and I, I find like even, you know, through doing this podcast, it has been my mission to to ask for what I want and to speak up in big ways, um, it, particularly with a partner, particularly with my sexuality and, and with engaging with other people um, and even with myself. But like, yeah, forcing myself to engage in like, okay, speak now, <laughs> you know, like even if I need like a warm up or like a one, two, three, like just say the thing. <laughs> um, but that it, that it is like this really intense conditioned um, mindset of like being quiet, like you're, you're supposed to, I, I think for me also internalizing like, uh, like they're supposed to know, I've talked about this a lot on here, but like they're supposed to know what's in my head. And if they don't know what's in my head, then like something is missing. Um, and that's an older belief. I don't really subscribe to that anymore, but I still think that that's very prevalent in the media and in like in culture, um, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to asking and talking about what you want and what you like and, and yeah. how that can enhance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the best way for somebody to know is for you to tell them. <laughs> I think it's a trap to think that they should know, somebody else should know what I want if I haven't communicated it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, moving forward into when you shift into like the sexuality space and the sensuality space, what what was that like? And, and, and what is it that you, you do with your clients? And, and what is the focus? We've talked a little bit, but um, mm -hmm. I'd love to hear more. Yeah. Yeah. So I work with um, men and women. And I'll speak to the women first, because uh, that's definitely been my experience as a woman. And I have a program for women. Um, a lot of it is about reclaiming our sexual power. And, you know, what that means to me is having a healthy relationship with your own sexuality, like knowing who am I as a sexual being? It doesn't mean that I necessarily have to be like sexual, but what is it that brings me pleasure? What feels good to me in my body? What are the things that turn me on? What are the types of relationships that I wanna have, that I wanna create, that I wanna cultivate? What kind of intimacy do I want? How do I like to be touched? Um, and really starting with exploring that for yourself, you know, like, seeing yourself as a sovereign being that your first and primary relationship is with yourself. And most people 
don't um, spend a lot of time really cultivating that relationship, especially people that are kind of like have been in relationships over and over again and have explored their sexuality or themselves through being in relationship with another, which is beautiful to, to do that. And exploring your sexuality and who you are, what, what excites you, what turns you on, not just sexually, but like what brings you to life. Like, you know, I, I define eroticism as life force energy. You know, it's like the spark, it's creation, it's desire, right? So what are those things that light you up and really having a connection to that first and foremost? Um, so yeah, getting in touch with desire, I think is a really important place to, to work. And I work with my clients a lot around, um, you know, like, what is it that you want? Like, what makes you happy? What makes you come alive? And like moving from there. Um, and that's a really important foundation that I start with most of the time. Um, and then other work I do with clients also is sort of, you know, deconditioning, looking at our old wounds, like what, what am I holding on to? Like, where does fear live in my body? What am I afraid of? What kind of contractions are there? What old stories do I have about playing small that's unconsciously blocking me from like moving forward in my career or asking what I want in a relationship um, or being able to orgasm? And, and you know, that, that stuff is pretty general to all genders. Um, you know, I work with um, male clients as well, and it's a lot of similar stuff, to be honest. It's like performance anxiety and like not really cultivating my own energy, being able to stay present in my own body, connected to myself so that I can bring all of this lusciousness that I'm experiencing in my own body into lovership and into connection and communicate about what's going on. Yes, I I. I love all of that and I can absolutely relate. And I, I think like one of the most interesting parts for me, especially on my own journey and talking to other people is like, I feel like we don't often check in and really ask like, what what do I want? Like, what am I interested in? Not like, what do I want because of what I think other people want or expectations or what do I want it to look like? Like what truly makes me happy? What truly feels good? Um, without any kind of other gaze. So yeah, that's amazing. And so then your work with um, with men or male identifying people, I'd love to hear a little bit about that as well. Um, because I imagine it's similar, but then there's a lot of a lot of stuff with masculinity that's also, <laughs> you know, um, pretty difficult, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty revealing to see that um, the men also have pretty similar stuff show up that, you know, the ones that come to work with me around, for example, body image and cock size and like their ability to perform or to last, you know, that they're being exposed to their own messages, you know, especially from porn of like, you know, large penises and like massive endurance and, um, you know, being able to make somebody orgasm these kinds of messaging that in itself is also like really goes in deep that creates a lot of um, insecurity and anxiety for a lot of the men that I work with. Um, I'd say that's the thing that I see the most with the clients mm. that I work with. Um, yeah. And then relationship stuff too, as well, how to deepen into 
intimacy, get in touch with feelings. Um, for for men and people that have been conditioned as men, like that it's okay to be sensitive or to want to be submissive mm-hmm. or to receive or to like, how do they stay really connected to their sensual experience? Because it's they're conditioned to do a lot of outward giving or having to be the one to Mm. pursue or they're, you know, this like the men are supposed to be the ones initiating sex and pursuing and creating something happening um, that puts a lot of pressure on them. So those are the themes that I see the most with the clients that I work with. Yeah. And so what's your process of working with people you know while addressing all these things like what is who is like the ideal kind of client to come and work with you and what is that process that you take people through like how do you even begin to start to unpack these like (laughs) massive um you know societal blocks and and conditionings within our our bodies yeah there's a lot that can be done um I usually like to work with people in multiple sessions so that we can really create a transformation. Uh, I like to work with people in the foundation of kind of what I spoke to already is where is it that you're wanting to go? Like, what is the the desired outcome here and how do we get you there? Which, you know, I say that because it's pretty different than traditional therapy that tends to kind of look a lot at the past and Mm -hmm. like like what happened or things like this so we're constantly orienting around you know what is the desired goal and outcome who is it that you're wanting to become what are the qualities you're wanting to embody and then what are the things that are blocking that and getting in the way of that so I do a lot of somatic based coaching, which is, um, and also kind of working with sub personalities or parts work where mm-hmm. we're looking at, okay, I experienced shame of something that may have happened in the past. How, how have I kind of embodied that? Like, where is that living in my body or, um, or another example would be, you know, like there's this critical voice that always sh- shows up that's telling me that I'm not doing it right, or there's something wrong with me. Right. So where is that showing up in my life and how is it impacting this desire that I have mm-hmm. and how do I work with that? And then we do some processes and embodiment practices that can really support releasing that voice or, um, giving them a new job to do, um, but really just changing the way that we are talking to ourselves and the way we're relating to our body. And, and additionally, like that's kind of working with the blocks that are there is how do we empower and give more energy and attention to the things that we're wanting to grow and cultivate, like Mm. courage and self-love and acceptance and focusing a lot of uh, practices around generating more of that for, for yourself. Um, so that that is the thing that is growing while the things that are blocking us are lessening. Got it. Uh, yeah. And I, I, you know, being a body-based person myself, um, you know, I do a lot of work that kind of brings it into the body and practices that you can do. Working with our emotions is really important. Movement, like being able to express our emotions, being able to feel our emotions, knowing that our emotions are okay, and being able to integrate them into our experience with love and compassion and even pleasure 
um, is pretty radically transformative for all of my clients to, to have the tools and have a process to get there. Yeah, I love that. I um, I actually teach acting and voiceover. And, and one of the big conversations that we have is like feeling emotions and that they're temporary, right? And we get to move through them and how often we just – we just push things aside and we just deny, 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 and it just, res- you know, whatever we resist persists, right? And in, in all facets of of life and sexuality and, and moving through the world. Um, yes. So, yeah, that's amazing. Um, and so, so then, um, yeah, how, how has it been for you doing this work and, and starting on your own journey and deciding to make the shift of uh, into this as a career too, like how has that influenced in your own personal life and 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 your own growth? Uh, what's been nice about it is I'm you know there isn't a lot of separation between what is my profession and my career and what is my life and yeah. you know in a way I'm like my own brand. So I can bring a lot of my own content and material forward. A lot of my own life experience becomes the thing that I get to teach and share about. So, you know, it's pretty awesome because it's very much, you know, it's like my, my passion is also the life that I'm living is, you know, an embodied sexually empowered being. And through living that I'm able to share that and teach that and support others in, and having that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. I I find also that, and I don't know if this resonates for you, but as I do this work through the podcast and as I'm teaching now, like it's such a mirror <laughs> for my own stuff. Like I constantly am like, oh yeah, yeah, you're doing that thing. And I can see like either how, I, you know, it keeps popping up for me or or I can take little little nuggets of like oh okay let me see if I can recognize this even more clearly in myself now that I can start to recognize it in other people Mm -hmm. yeah and it comes up a lot you know I just was working with a client yesterday and she was sharing about a relationship situation that she's in I'm like oh I can totally relate I've been in like a very similar situation (laughs) and like this is like the tools I've I've used and that I use to work with this Uh, yeah, it happens a a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then the last piece I'd love to talk about is this tantric element. I'm fascinated by tantra and I haven't actually done, like, I haven't really incorporated it. And so I'm, I'm curious about this piece and, and, and how you incorporate it in your work and, and, and what, like, what it means to you. Cause I feel like people, um, practice it in different ways or it, it it resonates in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. um, You know, and to be honest, I don't usually use the word very often. Like I don't really include it in most of my marketing. And I think part of that is because it is such a buzz word. And, you know, I tend to sort of like avoid uh, those sorts of like trending things. Um, And, you know, it is a very much a part of my background in my life. You know, I started doing yoga and kundalini meditation over 20 years ago now. Um, and so for me, what, what Tantra is for me and how I integrate it into my life, if I were to use that terminology, it's, it's a spiritual practice of like really being in love with everything. And that's, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I don't know that I would call that Tantra, but that is my personal spiritual practice is like returning to love over and over, seeing love as God and seeing the divine in all things um, and being able to delight and like find pleasure in everything. You know, mm -hmm. like right now I'm in Mexico and I'm like looking out to the ocean where it meets the sky and the wind and the trees. And it's like, oh, can I fall in love with this moment and just be present in this moment? And the more I can practice that in everything in life, you know, like then that blends with our our relationships, our sexuality, um, even to the mundane of like, you know, this this water bottle and this desk, you know, it's it's all part of divine consciousness. And when I bring that open heartedness and love and intention into my relationships and my lovemaking, um, you know, that's to me what like how I practice Tantra. Um, to be even more specific in terms of, you know, like I said, I don't teach Tantra, um, but the way that it has a like impacts and influences my teachings is a lot about presence and sensation and how mm. can we really be present in the moment, loving and accepting everything that's showing up right now, like our emotions, our pain, our grief, and just be with it, be with it in loving presence. Yeah. Um, and that I think is a really, one of the most healing practices that's really the foundation for all transformation. Um, and it's a personal practice. So, and so kind of elaborating that on, um, you know, into relationship and lovership. Um, again, I would say more of like conscious sexuality, uh, it's just being really intentional about what is my purpose in pursuing a relationship with someone or pursuing a sexual relationship with somebody, you know, like, what is my intention there? Like, why am I doing it? Is it like, am I trying to feel loved? Am I trying to feed my ego? Or am I coming from a place of, I love myself. I feel full. Um, I'm like desiring to connect with this person because it feels like an authentic connection. Yeah. I'm, I feel safe to like explore pleasure and, um, you know, there's so much more I could say about it, but I will say uh, what I really love is having intentional sex and setting an intention, you know, before I do a self-pleasure ritual with myself or um, if I'm coming into a sexual exchange with a lover, you know, just taking a moment to say like, what is our, our intention? Because sexual energy is life force energy. It's the energy of creation. So it's like, we're creating love together, you know, like this is a lot of energy that we're creating through our yeah. presence and our touch and our arousal. So like, if we were to direct that energy somewhere, like what is our prayer? What is our intention? How are we utilizing this potent life force energy? Mm. Um, and just, you know, it can be really simple, just like, oh, I, like intend to, um, you know, an example that I've um, recently is, um, you know, I really want this energy to serve me and being more focused in my work this week. Um, mm. Or oftentimes I'll like, if I have somebody that I know in my life that's challenged, like I'll send a prayer to them of like, oh, I'm like sending this as healing energy towards this person or to oh, all beings that. or, you know, just like, using that energy with a little intention. And that doesn't mean it's like, it has to be like sacred and reverential the whole time through. It's like, oh, I'm just going to take a moment to set yeah. an intention and then just be in the flow and the energy of what's like happening here. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to do that.
Um, I've, I've never, I, I, I've thought about like intentions, but I, um, and I think I've done it when, when I've done more like kinky play or, or group play or, you know, um, party play or something, but not necessarily like one-on-one. So that feels very exciting. And, and, and the, just the power of the energy. I love that. And that it doesn't even have to be, you know, focused on, uh, on that moment. It can be the greater, um, life force that can then move out and, and how cool that is. Um, <laughs> I talk a lot about noetics, which is, uh, the, the study that, like it's a social science meets um, hard science where the thoughts actually have mass that affect change and it's quantifiable, which is basically what you're talking about. And so how cool to take something so powerful and be very clear with it so that it has a very um, clear pathway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. That's a cool correlation. I'm not familiar with noetics, but I love what you just explained about it. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Words have power, right? And yeah. intention has power. So like, why don't we use it more often? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, this has been awesome. Where can people find you um, and contact you if they want to learn more, if they want to work with you or just uh, keep up to date on all the awesome things that you're doing? Yeah, so my name is Usha Rose, U-S-H-A-R-O-S-E, and my website is usharose.com. My Instagram is usha.rose. I'm also on Facebook, Usha Rose, pretty easy to find me. Um, so you can contact me through my website or send me a DM on Instagram. Um, you know, I have openings for private coaching sessions. I have a women's program that I run a couple times a year. Um yeah and would love to hear from from anyone about any questions about any of this or if you're curious to learn more about the work i do with people yeah amazing well thank you so much all of that will also be in the show notes um so people will have it easily accessible and um this has been awesome thank you so much for your time yay yay thank you for having me yeah yay Uh, wow. Thank you so much for coming on, Usha. I had such a uh, great talking time talking to you and what a cool little uh, partnership with the last episode. I just, it, it's just, it's fun getting to talk to multiple people who are participating in something so neat, it's like the embodiment portrait. Um, and we didn't talk about it that long, but I do think it's, it's neat to hear uh, different aspects of, uh, uh, yeah, just like a really cool offering. Yeah, I think it's really neat. It sounds like something, and I, and I especially like her work and how it like tries to get people feeling comfortable with it. Because right, obviously, if you're not in that frame of mind, if you're not ready for it, then uh, you're not going to get the full experience. So it makes sense that they would have that kind of relationship working together. So yeah, it was really cool to get a look into something that I didn't know before, like a couple months ago, even uh, was a thing. Yeah yeah awesome um and so as always please follow us on social media we are at finding my young podcast on both uh facebook and instagram we post behind the scenes slide into those dms we always love your messages we're also on youtube uh we post every episode on youtube so if you'd rather uh if you're a visual person and you'd rather watch the episodes you can't do it uh finding my young podcast on youtube subscribe like the videos share them uh, we would love the support. Yeah. And uh, if you have any guest suggestions or anything that you want to email to us, do it at findingmyyum at gmail.com. And as always, it's a podcast, so make sure you uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. And uh, share with a friend because uh, we want to keep growing.
Yeah, exactly. Uh, we have so much exciting stuff coming up next week and the following week. So please stay tuned. Please stay yummy and safe. And we'll see you next week. Woohoo!